This is an RNZ podcast. Back in April this year, when we'd just gone into the nationwide Level 4 lockdown, the offshore owner of New Zealand's major magazines stunned the media industry when it announced it was pulling the plug on all of them immediately. And the staff were pretty shocked too. Among them, Sido Kitchen, the editor of Bauer Media's biggest-selling women's magazines, including Women's Day and New Zealand Women's Weekly. And earlier this month, she told the spin-off's media podcast The Fold she didn't see it coming. I hate to go back and reflect on it that day in particular. It's really still pretty raw. I now know, it, you know, it's not personal, but you can't help it at the time. I had such a personal relationship with my... I felt like I had such a personal relationship with my readers in particular and my team. So, yeah, it was brutal. It was really, really tough. Well, on that same day here at Media Watch, we called Bauer Media's former chief executive, Paul Dykesall, and he told me he did see it coming, but he thought most of those magazines would be back. You know, there's still a very good business there. The circulations of some of these magazines are still pretty damn good. There's an awful lot of people who still want to buy Woman's Day, the listener, in North and South, etc. So these magazines can survive. And back then, those thoughts were echoed by the Magazine Publishers Association's chair, Nicholas Burrows, a magazine editor himself, on another spin-off podcast called Business is Boring. Whilst Bauer was the biggest publisher and had this sort of heritage marquee brands, it by no means was the largest chunk. And, you know, it might not actually change the actual kind of dynamics of the industry as much as people think. You know, Bauer is a big brand, but there's another 200 or maybe 250 magazine publishers in New Zealand that just sort of go under the radar creating all this great content. So, you know, there's going to be green shoots coming out the other end. But in the middle of the lockdown, green shoots looked a long way off with publishers big and small going into the red. Critical ad revenue didn't so much dry up as evaporate, and then the government suspended the printing and distribution of all magazines. But as we now know, that situation passed, and those green shoots that Nicholas Burroughs spoke of started to emerge. The New Zealand Listener magazine is back already, and Metro and North and South have new owners planning to publish again shortly. And now, one new company staffed by former Bauer editors and journalists, School Road Publishing, is also in the game, with former Bauer boss Paul Dykesall in as an advisor. School Road is now in the process of launching four brand new magazines, a new monthly lifestyle one called Haven, and a monthly wellness magazine called Thrive, and a New Zealand travel magazine called Scout, both with former New Zealand Women's Weekly editors in charge. And already out now is the company's fortnightly magazine, Woman, marketed like this. This year has been tough, especially for Kiwi women. Many of us lost our jobs, our sense of self. We needed connection, but lost our voice and felt cast aside. Now, more than ever, we need a magazine that truly understands Kiwi women today. A community where New Zealand women will see themselves reflected and know they belong, where their voices will be heard. This is Woman. Well, the voice at the end of that advert for Woman magazine was that of editor Sido Kitchen, who, as we heard, was one of the women who lost their jobs at Bauer Media back in April. But now she's back trying to take back part of the market that they've left behind. I've um, hired 20 people, most of them ex-Bauer, that are used to, are used to producing um, magazines at pace and doing it wonderfully well. So I could see this big gap in the market and I, was, I really wanted to get on the shelves ASAP. I could see on some of the titles I used to work on that, you know, they were taking so much more Australian content, and that was really noticed, I think, by readers. Um, <laughs> yeah, they didn't like it, did they, when? They didn't, <laughs> and it's wonderful to see some, you know, some local content coming is coming back, but not nearly as much as uh, 
there was in the magazines. It's it's now on the record that I was trying to buy New Zealand Women's Weekly, and I that wasn't a, it wasn't successful because they ended up hanging on to that title. But um, even though I'd been editing Women's Day for the nine you know nine years prior, it was New Zealand Women's Weekly. I guess that pulled at my heartstrings during lockdown when I was sitting there knowing that all oh, these readers weren't getting their their weekly fix. Some of those subscribers have been you know getting the magazine for sixty years plus, you know. And at a time when I think they needed us most, you know, we couldn't deliver. So anyway, it didn't happen. So, But I already, already had a vision for that, how I wanted to that magazine to be. And I, I guess some of those things I've been able to do with this new, brand new magazine, Woman. Well, look, COVID has clearly changed the magazine business. Um, most of the titles which went under or disappeared, rather, when Bauer Media pulled the plug, are back in some form. Not all, but but most. So, for example, New Zealand Listener, um, that's already out there. There are about three or four issues under their belt now and looking very similar uh, to the, the, the magazine that Bauer was producing before April the 2nd. But, I mean, these companies are now doing it on reduced circumstances, aren't they? Much smaller staff, uh, presumably smaller budgets. Is the whole business now one that's been downscaled and working on more meagre resources? I think that's fair to say. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends still working at the um, magazines where I was before and definitely, yeah, less resource, although um, I think they're realising that they do need a bit more a bit more um, help to make the mag sing. But, yeah, I think the listeners being ring-fenced, you know, um, Pamela Sterling and her team, they, they need all those wonderful writers to make that magazine each week. She knows what she needs to do that job. Well, School Road, uh, this new company, uh, it commissioned interesting research which said that COVID had changed people's outlook. And, I mean, Woman is a different kind of magazine. We'll talk about why in a moment. But um, clearly that's that's why, you know, you released the results of, of this research to say people's lives have changed and magazines and publishing needs to reflect that. But also I heard you say there have been subscribers going back decades who wanted them back. It, it can't be true that, that everyone wants their magazines back just as they had them and you're bringing out a product that um, you say has to change with the times. I think that subscribers definitely wanted to keep getting their magazines into their letterboxes, but um, I know with some of the titles that, you know, I'm definitely getting feedback this week that some of the mags have changed. They don't necessarily like those changes, but no, I, I, what I was trying to say was I, I just don't think that... Women were the biggest consumers of magazines per capita in the world here in New Zealand, and that didn't change overnight when Bauer changed its, it closed its doors. You know, a lot of magazines disappeared, but that desire for them didn't disappear. That's what I was uh, really meaning. So, and uh, and uh, in the women's market, there are still a couple of magazines that haven't come back, and so I could also see a, a gap there for us um, for a new magazine. So, you know, a magazine like um, Women's Day, for example, where I was before. Fantastic magazine has its place, but you know they're taking about a third of is about this, a third of the content is New Zealand, whereas it used to be more like eighty percent, eighty five percent. So that's what I'm talking about. There's a gap there for um, real Kiwi content. In the editorial uh, of the first issue, uh, you say here, um, this magazine understands our world has changed and so have our priorities. Um, but how does that reflect in, in the actual journalism? Well, I think, yeah, nine out of ten women said their priorities had shifted, in particular in regards to their health and well-being. I've really, you know, focused on that, the offering of that content in each magazine um, in terms of their home. So, you know, home and garden is a key pillar for the magazine. Um, I think uh, women have also shifted their priorities in terms of their families uh, this year, so my parenting co- uh, content reflects that. Um, I also feel that women aren't looking for escapism in the same way that we were potentially um, 
you know, a, a year ago. I mean, we have sort of on that busy treadmill and, you know, the Women's Day's filled this kind of escapism um, desire. So I think right now we're looking for this sort of sense of belonging, the sense of community. I'm not running the showbiz, international showbiz. I'll run a little bit from time to time if I think my readers will enjoy it. But really my focus is on local. That's yeah, there's really, a couple of pictures of Kate Middleton in issue one, aren't there? Yeah, but it's a story about a Kiwi who's writing about royals, you know. Exactly. Um, it made, it will, made a kind of business out I, of it, eh? And, yeah, uh, yeah. I know that my readers will love the odd royal story and they will love the odd international showbiz story, but isn't it interesting this year how, you know, with no film premiere years and no Oscars and, you know, that, that whole Hollywood machine is sort of evaporated. Well, not quite evaporated, but it's really dialed down and so so is our interest in that whole um, world. So our magazine reflects that. I just think that people are looking for positivity at the moment. Yeah, indeed. And, I mean, there's a media element in the first issue, profiles of three uh, political editors who are all all women, uh, Radio New Zealand's, TVNZ's and News Hub's political editors all feature. Um, But also, I can imagine that being the sort of thing I would have seen in a woman's magazine, very much focused on them and their job, how they do their job and so on, their lives. Uh, But there's also a story about stuff chief executive Sinead Boucher, who now owns the company, how she bought it for $1. That one's a bit different because that's almost like a profile of someone in business. That, that's one you wouldn't see probably written in that way in, no. say, your previous titles like Women's Day or New Zealand Women's Weekly. That's correct. I sort of sat there during lockdown thinking about all these New Zealand women in business that uh, were struggling as well and thinking I really need to do what I can to shine the spotlight on a lot of these women that have pivoted and um, started new ventures or, you know, done amazing things. And, and Sinead Boucher was one of those women I'd never met her before, but I was completely intrigued and inspired by her story, buying stuff for a dollar, and I just actually realised I didn't know much about that woman, you know, where she lived, who she was, what made her tick, and, you know, how she felt as she took that um, amazing leap of faith. Yeah, well, particular interest for us here at Media Watch in, in reading that. But also, as you mentioned, uh, different different sorts of stories. For example, um, there's articles about uh, ICU nurses, you know, working in this post-COVID yeah. environment. High school counsellors even, you know, working with kids who have, um, you know, got, got different challenging circumstances at the moment as well. These are the sorts of stories I imagine that, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't feature in those previous titles or, or not in quite the same way. Um, but do you think there is an appetite for people to read about these people who are otherwise, you know, unremarkable? They are. Yeah, well, I think they're remarkable, particularly this year. I'm really interested in speaking to teachers as well. I mean, what a year for teaching. I think we need to salute our teachers that have, you know, had this um, seismic shift in how they did their jobs this year. I actually would really like to understand how that, how that is um, for, you know, primary school teachers, high school teachers. I'm, I'm really intrigued by those kind of stories. And if I don't tell them, I don't feel like other people are going to, to be honest. So that sort of drives me. I'm, I'm a think about supermarket workers. I mean, there's so many different, what you would possibly say, unremarkable um, jobs that I think have been uh, hugely remarkable. So, you know, I'm really conscious of that with every issue that I'm putting together and the stories that I'm commissioning. I'm really pleased. I sort of thought that I'd start with these, these bigger issues and would see how advertising went and, you know, would I keep with this sort of pagination. But had that discussion yesterday and I said, people are responding, so I'm going to stick with it for now. Gavin Ellis, the former New Zealand Herald editor-in-chief and Nine to Noon's former weekly media commentator, wrote about it. This is no celebrity-soaked skim read, was this headline, which I guess would please you. And, of course, his partner is um, Jenny Lynch, uh, so yes, a former magazine sent, editor. She sent me a... Um, 
a lovely note as well. She really, she's really enjoyed it. And it's interesting because she said, oh, I was worried that it might, you know, step on New Zealand Women's Weekly's toes, but it doesn't. It's so different. It's a completely different. You know, I knew that I didn't want, to, I wanted to leave the gossip behind, the pack behind, and have this, you know, uh, you know, big, huge focus on New Zealand stories. But you don't really know what that's going to look like until you actually hold the first issue in your hands, you know. And I thought, wow, it really has got a personality of its own, which is quite distinct. It's not like anything else in the market. I'm not... I think I've found the space between the weeklies and the traditional monthlies and, yeah. But just judging by the first issue, uh, looking at some of the story, and say, for an example, you've also got um, Barbara Sumner in there as, as a feature, so um, a writer, and she's currently working on adoption because that's a personal thing for her, telling that personal story. But, you know, she's also a controversial person. You know, she campaigned about the um, meningococcal vaccine a few years back, annoyed a lot of people. That's not in the story. So are these features, people who agree to be interviewed, will they be by and large positive stories or can we expect people will be challenged more a bit in future issues? I think that was probably up to the writer to be honest with the, with, with Barbara Sumner and I think she'd looked at what stories had already been told I guess and was looking for a fresh take on it. Yes, I think uh, there's a story in the next issue yeah, where people are a lot more frank. I'm always happy for that. Gosh, yes, no, there's a couple in the next issue that, yes, they're, they're not just puff profile pieces, put it that way. I think Gavin summed it up nicely. There, you know, I really want this sort of feeling of intimacy with the people that we um, interview, that they feel that they can be, you know, open and honest and, and um, you know, tell their story. So we've got Reb Fountain, and, you know, I didn't know half the stuff about Reb before our writer sat down with Reb, and um, she told us, you know, incredible personal history. I think that's what's really special about this magazine is that I think people will have faith that we'll treat their stories with respect. Well, earlier you mentioned that this is a new game now, a new business, a new industry on a new kind of commercial footing post-COVID and post-Bauer Media and their involvement. So four magazines being launched by um, your company, by, by School Road. I mean, this is partly a partnership, isn't it, with um, sort of a kind of advertising business as well. Is this a new way of publishing where it's it's a, a commercial business as well as just publishing? No, I mean, this is very independent from Stanley Street. I guess um, this is Greg Partington's business. Yes, he also has Stanley Street. So, um, But the sort of agency side of the business is run very, very independently. But I think they have incredible resources that I can pull on and um, wonderful photo studios and, you know, video um, editing capabilities. The digital team has been incredible. And so that those... That, those and they've got a whole social media team. So those parts of the business um, are what I'm excited about. You know, what they can, what I can, um, what they can bring to magazine publishing I think is really, really exciting. So, you know, the guys sitting alongside us building websites for launch, watching them, watching them go and learning from them uh, has been amazing. Those are areas where I can learn. And obviously, you know, digital is such an important part of publishing these days and I don't necessarily think we even really nailed it where I worked previously, for me to be able to have these four magazines launch with their own digital offering, you know, under their own mastheads, it's really important. I'm really impressed with what Stanley Street can bring to magazine publishing in that regard. Yeah, there's nothing much I can see in the issue one anyway in the the nature of what we might call sponsored content or anything like that. I noticed that the Magazine Publishers Association has uh, released a a new policy on that just just recently, um, perhaps recognising that this is an industry that has to reshape itself and and some of the the commercial arrangements, you know, will be 
being made anew by um, publishers both big and small. Um, but is that an area that you're going to explore? Because um, yeah, it seems I, I would have expected in a new publication that that would be, you know, sponsors would, would want to be able to get in on the content, but it doesn't, doesn't seem to be any of it at all. I love integrated content, to be honest, so um, I'm definitely going to explore that. Um, you'll see a mixture of brand and integrated content in the first issue. So, I, you know, your first issue is really your calling card, you know, to the industry. So um, there were those partners that were keen to jump on board. You will see that their, um, their content is sort of integrated through the mag, uh, but there's also classic brand ads, you know. Uh, yeah, we do specialise in, in telling stories, and so um, that's definitely... I have had quite a few briefs where they would like us to do that for them. So, you know, they, I like I enjoy doing that. I really enjoy um, creating content for um, advertisers. So I, but yeah, it just needs to be clear that that's what it is. It's not as if this wasn't going on before COVID as well. No, like even no, not at all. big magazines like North and South could have, you know, several multiple page things for, you know, Lincoln University and things like that. Absolutely. But it's there. just clear that the readers are, it just needs to be clear that, 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 that that's what the readers are being um, offered, I think. And look, if we go, it's six months since um, the lockdown, the Bauer uh, media um, exiting the market and all of the disruption that caused. Do you think in a year, if we were to look forward, that um, a lot of these publications uh, which have come up, do you think they'll, they'll all be... I certainly hope support? so. I think the pillars I've chosen for the four magazines are in response to this new world, so a well-being magazine with Wendell Nissen at the helm. I'm really confident that's going to do wonderfully well. Obviously a domestic travel magazine with Sarah Kate Lynch and Haven. There are quite a few home magazines, to be honest, but I think this year we've spent so many times staring at those four walls at home and, and at our gardens. For me, it's my garden, you know. I want to get stuck into my garden after spending... Uh, four months I didn't intend to spend at home at home. Um, my home has certainly become my haven. So, But, you know, we've made sure that um, Haven uh, is slightly different than all the other home titles on the market. Yeah, I'm really confident that each of those three editors, you know, will deliver wonderful magazines that will resonate. I do, I mean, I have to say, Colin, that the magazines that are out there at the moment are doing so well. I've seen the figures, you know, if you compare quarter three, 2020 to 2019, you know, the, the retail sales for the top titles are, are majorly up year on year. I think some of it is lack of competition on the local market, so potentially that will change now that um, my you know my titles are uh, about uh, launch are in launch phase, and of course there's a couple more to return, like the likes of FQ. Uh, we've still got North and South to come. Um, there's a couple more mags to come. You said um, FQ Fashion Quarterly due back in before the end of the year, right? Sometime in December? Yeah, I understand that's the case. So, you know, there will be, you know, soon there may be as many mags on the market. But anyway, those mags that have been um, on the shelves um, in this, since, well, I guess since Bauer closed its doors, mags were deemed, you know, mags were deemed non-essential. Bauer closed its door. There were no, you know, hardly, you, you could see all those empty pockets at newsstands. They're certainly now filling up. So, yeah, magazines are doing really well. Um, I guess it's, you know, the, the magazine landscape has changed, but I do think this year's been incredibly tough and, you know, people have potentially rediscovered the joy of a magazine. You know, six months ago, as you say, you couldn't sell them, you couldn't print them, you couldn't distribute them. Um, now, uh, almost more titles than ever, or at least as many as before, I think yeah. it's fair to say, or there will be by the end of the year, and uh, many more of them locally owned by a greater range of owners right here in New Zealand. I think it's been lovely to see these um, locally owned, independent you know, magazines having a, gr- having a moment. They're, they are around the world, and they certainly are here in New Zealand, so you know, a lot of those... Um, 
you know, one-stop shops. Uh, they've just been doing so well this year. I think that's been really actually lovely to see. And it's certainly the MPA Awards were the other night. Um, but, you know, this year it was a really nice... I'm sure that a lot of people entered knowing that Bauer wasn't going to be in the running. And so um, it was really lovely to see so many uh, local independents celebrated in that way. And also to see how well they're selling. I think it's fantastic. I think lots, you know, they've they've probably just had this little sweet spot. Of course, now many of us are returning, um, but I'm hopeful that, you know, we're going to get incremental um, magazine sales. We'll soon know. But, I mean, could this be a blip? Sorry to be a um, party pooper, but if if our habits have changed, there was lockdown, um, people missed the magazines they used to have, could could there be a bit of pent-up demand that maybe couldn't be sustained? I do think it can be sustained. And certainly, I mean, I've had hundreds and hundreds of subscribers sign up this week as well, and a lot of so much, I mean, it's only anecdotal feedback, but so many women coming to me who, who... who haven't been reading women's magazines for some time, but like this magazine. So I'm really optimistic. I certainly thought, you know, with all the attention that a launch gets, yes, certainly you do worry, you do think that, you know, you get a huge sale just because of the attention that comes with something new. But the, the distributors have said we need more copies to keep the supermarkets happy. So I'm pleased with that. But, but again, if I look at the negative side, isn't this all dependent on, you know, the performance of the domestic economy? And if there is greater unemployment, less discretionary income for households, That's you know, true. the magazines are a nice to have. And They uh, are a nice to have. So they've got to have meaning, you know. They can't be a frivolous purchase, to be honest. And I think that, you know, these are beautiful but meaningful mags. I think uh, there's a place for them. So... Um, and they've got a role, Colin. I mean, they, they really, you know, people haven't been really asking New Zealand women um, how they've felt this year. And I think that's what I'm doing with this magazine, you know. We haven't really had that chance to sit and reflect. And I think if you actually ask uh, New Zealand women, how are they, how have you been, you know, how, I think, you know, we've got a, it's, it's, we've got a lot to say. <laughs> and um, that's what I'm finding through this magazine. Even Dame Valerie Adams, my cover star, you know, I... I wanted Dame Valerie Adams on the cover because it's Dame Valerie Adams, you know. I just think she's absolutely fantastic. I'd celebrate her any chance I get. I get. But, of course, she's had her toughest year yet, you know, and I think, um, you know, everybody has, whether you, whether women were homeschooling their kids or they were frightened about going to the supermarket or they couldn't visit an elderly parent or they were, you know, their, their kids were overseas having babies they couldn't visit, you know, or, you know, everybody has been affected one way or another this year, and I think um, Woman acknowledges that. That was Cedo Kitchen, former editor of Women's Day, New Zealand Women's Weekly and other women's magazines until the sudden closure of Bauer Media back in April. Now she's the editor of the new fortnightly magazine, Woman, the second edition of which hit the shop shelves this week. Its publisher, School Road Publishing, also launched the house and home magazine called Haven this week. And as we heard, there are two more, one dedicated to travel and one dedicated to health, due to debut later this month.